Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. to the North Pole, of course. This is the Polar Express. Hello, everyone. Welcome to A Very Merry Iconic Podcast. I'm Danny Pellegrino. I'm Jenna Brister. Hey, Jenna. Hey, Danny. What's cracking? Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. We're covering a good (laughs) one today. We are. We are. Uh, we are diving into a Christmas non-classic, I believe, um, with Tom Hanks called *The Polar Express*. Yes, a very divisive film, and I didn't realize the guy who wrote *Polar Express* wrote *Jumanji*, Van Allsburg or something. Oh like yeah, that. of the original book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you now? Were you a fan of the *Polar Express* book back in the day? As a kid? No, I didn't even know it existed. Yeah. What about you? No, I don't remember it as a kid, but I did work at a Borders Books when I was in high school. Ooh, and I, I, I don't know if like Polar Express, the book just came out after I was a kid or what, but I do remember when I worked seasonally at the Borders Books, so many people every Christmas would buy the Polar Express book, like everyone was mm-hmm. getting it. Um, but some mm-hmm. books, as we know, after recapping The Grinch, some books and short <laughs> stories aren't meant to be made into feature length films. And that's where I think the Polar Express stands. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, the effects themselves are very creepy. It's really, really dark. I think when I was nannying, that was the first time I ever watched it with the kids. And I remember thinking, this is really um, creepy, bone-chilling stuff, you know? It's truly terrifying. I believe it to be scarier than any Halloween movie there could ever be. I think it's like a horrific... (laughs) And I, I did see it in theaters, the movie in high school... Mm-hmm. Uh, I did see the the movie and I remember going with friends and I even right off the bat, I thought this is fucked up. Like even as like a 16 or whatever year old kid, I was like, this is a fucked up movie. And <laughs> yes. I, I had the same visceral reaction to the Polar Express movie that I did watching Requiem for a Dream. Did you ever see that movie? <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> it was like the exact yeah. same thing in my head was like, nope, this is not a thing. Like this is yeah. not right. 
you like question everything. I love that even in the first five minutes, and this was a lot of the complaints because I looked up like parent reviews online and there are so many bad reviews, but they basically leverage a case for Santa not existing at the very start. And so they, it was just, and the little kids just hop on this train with a stranger. Yeah. So there's all these things that you, like, I remember when I was watching it, I was like, they shouldn't get on this train with this conductor. Like, what are you doing? Your family's over here. You know, hindsight's 2020, Jenna. Hindsight's 2020. (laughs) That's true. Very true. Very true. Make mistakes. Yeah. Uh, The the faces though. I, I want to just, before we even really dive into the plot, I just want to talk about the faces on these children, Mm -hmm. which for a Christmas movie, Jenna, this is supposed to be a warm holiday film and the faces. Like I've never seen anything like it. And I don't know. I I understand Robert Zemeckis was the creator of this movie. He also did that Mm -hmm. Beowulf movie, which used the same technology and, and a Christmas Carol. And he did all these ones that the same technology, the technology, by the way, just was not ready to do this movie. And at what point did a studio's executive, why didn't they step in and say, you know what, Robert Zemeckis, like this technology isn't prepared for a feature length holiday film. Beowulf at least is like a little mm-hmm. bit of a different kind of genre movie, uh, but a Christmas film. And then he did it twice for a Christmas film was like, Oh, you know, Polar Express. I did that one. Let me do a Christmas Carol. It's like, cool at Robert Zemeckis. You need to go do something else. Go make a back to the future sequel or something else. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Cause it's the same thing that comes up with Jurassic park. It's like, just cause you can do it. Doesn't mean you should do it. You know, like they're like all the elves too in the North Pole are so creepy. They have these like really like lanky little bodies and big noses and like just creepy stuff. And I was like, as a kid, this wouldn't be comforting to me, you know? And and I think that's too with animation. Like I think some of the best we're clearly this is um uh Polar Express roast, everyone listening yeah, if you haven't. I know, I hope already. people don't like this, this movie. Yeah. I do um, know there but, does there is a fervent fan, like people do enjoy this movie unironically, mm-hmm. but to that I say unhinged, because this is not something to be enjoyed. Yeah. It's the same I mean, and I'm a Tim Burton fan, but like I'm not a hardcore rewatcher of, you know, the night before was it the, the night, before, night Christmas before Christmas that he did? Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of that same, like, oh, this is creepy. Like I'm a goth person and I'm going to watch a Christmas movie. Like you would watch Polar Express, you know? Now I Um, do like a, I do like Nightmare Before Christmas, but I at least think Tim Burton was meaning to be creepy with his character design. Like, I don't think this movie Polar Express, like they meant to be so fucked up in the character designs. Mm -hmm. And the hobo on the train was really scary. I found (laughs) it. He reminded me so much of Jafar in Aladdin, you know, where he's just like, "Ah," like it, it wasn't I think that hobo was played by Tom Hanks too. I think Tom Hanks did like multiple yeah. roles. And what yeah. do you think? What do you <laughs> think so Rita weird. Wilson thought when she saw this movie? You know, like Tom was probably for a year. Because I'm sure this movie took a while because they had to put on mm-hmm. like those fucking green suits with the dots all over to like because yeah. it was motion capture. And mm-hmm. I'm sure for like a year and a half, Tom had been going away for just uh, weekends and stuff like that to film the fucking Polar Express. And Rita yeah. His wife was probably thinking she was going to see at the premiere a new Christmas classic and then saw this movie. And I wonder what Rita like, said hun. to her on the way home. It, exactly. Like squeeze his leg, like, hon, hang it up. You know, we need to, we need to, we need a vacay, please. We have enough money. You don't have to do this. Yeah, you don't have to do this. Let's take the money and take a vacation and forget this ever happened. Yeah, it is. Yeah. What else? So what else of the movie like stood out to you as being problematic? Besides well, all the, an- the, the creepy plot, animation. The plot to me felt very plot. much like a, 
it should have just been a theme park ride. Like there's a few things in it that I think are actually the animation outside of any of the characters' faces, I think is really good. Like the train mm-hmm. sequence, there's like a train sequence with the hobo on the top and whatever. I think like that feels like a great theme park ride that I would love to, if I yes. was at Disney World or or Universal Studios or something, like I would love to ride a Polar Express ride. I think that'd be so fun. Mm-hmm. And I think they do. I know in Ohio they have like a Polar Express train that goes, but I'd love to them to just do a straight up theme park ride. And uh, I think, at the Grove at the, at with the, the Grove, trolley. It'd <laughs> be so funny. <laughs> I love that fucking trolley. It, it drives like 30 feet and it's just like, I, I'll wait for the trolley to just go the 30 feet. Like I'm into it. Um, but yeah, so it felt, it felt like a, or, or what's those move when you go to the movies, did you ever do this back in the nineties, you'd go to the movies and before the previews would start, my movie theater had this like fake roller coaster so it felt like yes. you were on the roller coaster. Oh my god, it's like the best thing. And ever. it zips around, and then there's like that um, bucket of popcorn that pops, and you dive straight down. Yeah, it was oh cool. And was then you pull into the, the station. Time. It was so. Was that AMC? I thought it was Regal. Maybe? Regal. Maybe it was Regal. AMC, one of okay, them. Yeah, yeah. They need to bring that back. They totally do. I know movie theaters aren't open where we are, but hopefully one day we get a roller coaster back. But so that's what I felt mm-hmm. like this should be Mm -hmm. instead it was like a feature length film and look we know that these organizations want to make money and need to make money but Mm -hmm. it's like just because a book is popular doesn't mean we should make it in film and i just wish they would have done like a netflix special on it or an animated i would have loved to see like very cartoonish faces on the kids in a a half hour format for abc or something Mm -hmm. like a charlie brown christmas right that's such a fun one because it's such a classic it does also have some like you know, moody themes, but the animation is very simple. You know, you don't see the textured eyeballs and like watch Tom Hanks's scruff, like shaking in the wind, you know, by the way, how much do you think this movie costs? Do we have that information uh, near? Like, I want to know, I bet it was like like $600 million or something insane. (laughs) And it's like that movie, those funds could have went to charities or something. You know, like yes. really anywhere. Not even, it doesn't or, even have to be a charity, just anywhere. Presents for kids. Yeah. Presents for kids. For lost robed children who hop on trains. COVID research. Uh, yes, schools, exactly. PPE. <laughs> anywhere, yes, anything. PPE. <laughs> anything. I know we weren't dealing with Possibly. that back then, but you know, it could have researched, they put those funds somewhere <gasps> else. I what? just found it. A hundred and fifty million. hundred and fifty million. Gen- that is insane. That's, That's insane. Way too much money. I mean, think about the movies that we like. Like, let's say Book Club. Book Club was made for like $2 million. Mm -hmm. They could have made 75 book clubs for the cost of one Polar Express. (laughs) Oh my, I would actually love that with different combinations of lead actresses. You know what I mean? Like, get Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen in one of them. Get like, I mean- I love that. Could you imagine like the WB decides, like they announced they're going to do a Polar Express reboot. And then like a week later, they're like, you know what? We're just going to put the funds to like 74 more book clubs. (laughs) <laughs> yes seriously or even like first wives club that's one that still hasn't taken off right we I, talk about that a lot i know we need off that. the pod yeah we need that yeah. um yeah 70, i think 150 million dollars jenna is insane. insane that is and especially because you're right the book already existed and it's very short it's what 12 pages you know is very beautiful the book is? i think uh, yeah it's like very short 12 to 15 pages um and yeah, there's no real need to create this whole story around it. And also there's that creepy, like kids on a train unaccompanied is a bone chilling scenario to me in general. Like, I'm like, I don't, 
I don't think they need to be carted away. And then there was this whole storyline too. If you lost your ticket, you'd be kicked off the train. And it's like, where, where would they go? The children just yeah, die? Right. Just throw them in the snow. Did you ever see yeah. that movie Alive where they had to eat each other? Did you ever no. see this is, is it gonna, animated? This is really dark. No, it's not a children's film. <laughs> there was a movie. Did Zemeckis direct it? <laughs> there was a movie from like maybe like the 80s or 90s. I don't remember. I remember my brothers like rented it and made me watch it. And it was so scary because these people go on like a snow trip or something. All I remember is that they mm-hmm. had to eat each other in the snow. And mm-hmm. so these kids, not to take a dark turn here, but they if they got kicked off that train... Who knows? They'd have to eat each other. In this the is snow. the prequel to the movie Alive. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, the origin story. Yeah, <laughs> that is. I mean, I like too that Hanks plays so many of the characters. There are really, I think, only six voice actors for the entire thing. And which the, in in the Christmas Carol one with Jim Carrey, I think he did the same. I think it was like all Jim Carrey. I just don't have that level of like ego. I don't know. I know. Hire other actors. It's yeah. Like, come on. Did you watch? I just recently rewatched um, that thing you do. Have you oh, seen I love that? that movie? Yeah. It's so good. That's classic Hanks to me. I think he wrote it too. I think he wrote yeah, that movie. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. I think he wrote. I know he directed it. I think he wrote it. Yeah. Too. Yeah. But by the way, that song. A- you know, my favorite Hanks performance is "Catch Me yeah. If You Can." Oh yes. My favorite Hanks Absolutely. movie. My favorite Spielberg movie, and my favorite mm-hmm. Leonardo DiCaprio movie. Like, mm-hmm. I love that movie. It's incredible. It's so good. I recently watched it. It's a classic. It's good. Absolutely. And they, um, Leonardo to me is like the hottest in that movie. Mm, when he's yes, like the pilot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. He's so hot. Yeah. You know, he is aging to look exactly like Jack Nicholson, but it's still okay mm-hmm. with me. Like I still, <laughs> I yeah. always just imagine him in that sort of Titanic catch me if you can phase. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. And I just think of all like the models he's had sex with. And I just feel like he's probably good in bed. He's either one of two things. He's either probably really good in bed or really terrible in bed because he didn't have to work or try at anything. Totally. Or I he, he had sex be with so many, so many hot people that it's like he's really good at it. Mm-hmm. I know. I wonder if he's like emotionally connected. Like I wonder if he makes eye contact or if he's like doesn't. I have I mean, so many questions. I also don't like that he goes with, oh, he's always got the young girl. It's like, go for an older woman. It's like, hey, come on. It's creepy at this point that you've always dated yeah. a 21-year-old or something. And yes. then as soon as they hit that's 24, weird. you dump them and break up with them. Like, that's fucked up. Yeah. I think that's weird, too. Back to the Polar Express. Back to, <laughs> back to our roast of the Polar Express. Um, and we're yeah. talking about Leonardo DiCaprio <laughs> fucking models. And it's like, back to the, back to the children on the train. Um, There was... <laughs> One scene I want to talk about that really yes. always sticks with me on the Polar Express that makes me feel very uneasy. And that's when like the peep, the workers on the train are doing like that dance routine. Do you oh, know what I'm talking yeah. about? They sort yeah. of are like jumping off the ceilings of the train and like serving stuff. And it's just like a lot is happening. It reminds me of a low rent version of Beauty and the Beast when they do the uh, Be Our Guest. Be Our Guest. Yeah. Yes. Very low rent I'm version so- of that. Yeah, I just actually pulled out the Lumiere ornament you got me uh-huh. yesterday for decorations. Did, yeah. you, but, did you ever see the... Sorry, I interrupted you. What were you going to say? Oh, no, you're fine. No, but that, that scene totally is that. Like, if they wanted to, like, bastardize Be Our Guest, they were like, let's do it. <laughs> Now's our chance, you know? <laughs> did you see Open the, the can of beans. Beauty and the Beast reboot? <gasps> yes, the live action? I did. The live action, yeah. 
I hated it. Yeah, I hated it too. I thought Gaston. Also, there was a weird age age thing with him and Emma Watson. Is that right? Yeah, who, yeah, Emma Watson. Who, by the way, can't sing a note to save her soul, and that's me saying that I don't have a mm-hmm. good voice either. But like Emma Watson's voice was that opening number. What was that? What's the first song in Beauty and the Beast? Like, um, oh, bonjour, like, bonjour. Sure. Here comes the baker with his bread, like always. Mm-hmm. That one, like she's going yeah. to the town. And yeah. doesn't she sings in that, right? But I don't know her lines, mm-hmm. but it's painful. And it like mm-hmm. opens the movie. And I remember thinking, like, why didn't they use somebody else's voice for this? Like scene? Adina Menzel. Just use Adina Menzel. Like, why are yeah. we, you know, or anyone, anyone that yeah. doesn't sound like a dying cat? Like, <laughs> Remember in Smallfoot how Channing Tatum sings? And <laughs> we didn't know that. We didn't know it was a musical going into it. If you guys have seen Smallfoot, that's like the Sasquatch, you know, Abominable Snowman, I should say. One of them. There was like two of them, but there's like. <laughs> oh, <that's>... <laughs> <laughs> Channing Tatum. They're like, we're just going to let Chan sing on this track. I'm like, what? Channing Tatum singing. I know. I, no one expected I love that. it. And I know. Also, he's a better singer than Emma Watson. They should have used yes. his voice to dub Bell. In he should have been Gaston. Oh, yeah. Ooh. That would have been hot, actually. Remember in the Beauty and the Beast reboot, how there was like all this press about how there was going to be an exclusively gay moment. That's what they, yeah. it was like literal a thing. And then it was the mm-hmm. most bullshit kind of moment between Gaston and LeFou. And yeah, it was like there was Josh no Gad, ex- right? Yeah, it was just so stupid. Yeah, it was like a weird sideways glance. It's like, I don't think that you can qualify a sideways glance as a gay moment. Right. You know, it Suck wasn't a dick like or nothing. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I'm kidding. <laughs> dick or nothing. No, seriously. Suck Gaston's dick or nothing. Yes, exactly. Awful. People are so getting mad. Funny. This is a Christmas podcast, and this is like the fourth time I've referenced <laughs> a dick. Sorry, everyone. I love you. <laughs> we love you. We love you. But yeah, I think um, even ahead of this, I like didn't rewatch Polar Express. I didn't need to because it's been seared into my memories as. Oh, yeah. traumatizing because also the hobo on the train reminded me so much of how christopher lloyd the creepy hobo and, in dennis, and dennis the, menace. the menace yes that i feel like that must have been inspo for that because that's very also one of those like unnerving i don't need you in a children's movie vibes jenna, jenna i'm so happy you brought this up because i've been wanting to get this off my chest i don't know if i've talked about it on my <laughs> podcast before but i had recently rewatched dennis the menace on netflix and Christopher Lloyd is literally in a different film. He's in like, a very serious <laughs> Oscar drama. You know, like, not in Dennis the Menace. Like everyone else is doing like slapstick. Walter Matthau is like playing the neighbor who's just like very much a curmudgeon cartoon. And mm-hmm. then you got the little kid who's doing whatever. And Leah Thompson mm-hmm. plays Dennis's mom. And, and mm-hmm. the dad, they're basically yes. like, make all these big faces and they're literally acting as if they're in the fucking live action Flintstones or something. And then for Lloyd saunters in and he is doing like, I don't know, a a Pedro Almodora film or whatever. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but yes. Like cider house rules. It's like, he was coached in a completely different way. Like he didn't know that there were youth on set, you know, what this was going to be rated. I don't think they told him he was even doing Dennis the menace. (laughs) Totally. So like you're doing 127 hours and that's what it yeah. is. You know? He showed up on set. They probably kept the kid away from him. And mm-hmm. Christopher Lloyd thought he was doing a period piece. And then they like re-edited it to be Dennis the Menace. It was probably like a serious drama. And then it, didn't, it wasn't like working. So they're like, you know what? We need to salvage this film. Let's like shoot some new scenes with Walter Matthau and a kid. 
and then they re-edited it. <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. I love Christopher Lloyd, man. Me too. That guy's too. great. I think he's still alive, right? He, he has. I very recently tried very hard to get him on my podcast. Uh, <gasps> no dice? No dice. I mean, he's very old, but there was a show on mm. Disney Plus called Prop Culture that I really loved. Mm. And it was like this guy went around and collect, got all these old props and then sort of uh, went to some of the people who were in these movies. So he got all the props from like Roger Rabbit. And then mm-hmm. he went and showed Christopher Lloyd. And it was very, I don't even know how to explain the show. I loved it though. It was prop culture on Disney Plus. And cool. if, if you're a movie buff, I think you like love this movie. But mm-hmm. Christopher Lloyd, it was very emotional too, because they're looking at these props from these big movies. So Christopher Lloyd is literally looking at his costume from that movie. And so he's, he was remembering things about being on set and it's the actual thing he wore and all that. So it's a great show. But around that time I was like, Oh my God, I'd love to talk to Christopher Lloyd. Cause I loved him too. Growing up, he was in like all mm-hmm. of those. Ba- I love, I worship back to the future. I love camp Batman. nowhere. Yeah, I love. He camp was nowhere. so good in camp nowhere. That, so uh, that movie's fantastic. It's so funny too. And like, they just don't make them like Christopher Lloyd anymore. You know, they just know. don't make them. Yeah. Uh, I feel like Goldblum could have gone down that. He could, what he the fuck are we ta- What the fuck are we talking about here today? Polar <laughs> oh, Express. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh yeah. Polar Express. Yeah. Roast, the roast of Polar Express and Leo's. Somehow we got to Jeff sheet. Goldblum. Yeah. <laughs> It always ends up there. It always ends up there. Um, Wait, I had a yeah. connection. I had a Christopher Lloyd oh, yeah. connection. Oh, maybe I'm, I'm misthinking of it. Somehow I thought I was going to get back to Josh Gad and that didn't happen. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Do you a like lot. Josh Gad? No. Where do you stand? Yeah. Do you? I like a lot. Yeah. I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't really like care. I hate, I hate the, to say that, but it's like, ugh, you know, whatever. It's kind of how I feel about, Sean Mendez and his girlfriend Camilla, something yeah, like the yeah. the news. All these people, yeah. Like I'm just inundated with pop culture news about people I don't care about. I'm like right. Channing Tatum is on Raya. Why are we not blasting that out every day? You know his his <laughs> journey to fitness again is so fun. Have you been following know, it on? Yeah, Instagram? of course. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Obviously, yeah. Uh, I had a very vulnerable moment early on in the pandemic where I started to like Josh Gad and I followed him on mm-hmm. Instagram very briefly, but he had yeah. like this YouTube show where he reunited casts. Oh, maybe that's where I was going. Oh. He, oh. Re- he reunited the cast of back to the future and it was like a zoom reunion. Um, oh, but he fun. also did Ferris Bueller. And so I started to like him then because it was during my mm-hmm. 80s movies phase. Uh, mm-hmm. And then I followed him on Instagram and I had to, I stopped following him then. But it was a very brief, <laughs> vulnerable two months. Mm-hmm. Yeah, giving Gad, give Gad a chance. That's Danny's next YouTube show. <laughs> giving Gad a chance. I feel a little burnt out from Olaf too. And and will I watch any Olaf material that they put out? Of course, but yes, because he's adorable. He's adorable, but I just feel like burnt out from him. Mm-hmm. What was that movie? There was a movie recently, like a couple years ago, where they released it and they made people sit through like this Olaf movie that played before the movie but it was like oh. a 35 minute olaf movie you're right it was like in tandem with something else and everyone was complaining right they're like people what, were so what's pissed. going on myself yeah. included I, it was like star wars or something it was like nobody wants to fucking mm-hmm. see olaf for 35 minutes no That's i do so weird. i do love the frozen movies though yeah they're good yeah there's they're a great good there's music. a great documentary about the making of frozen 2 on Disney Plus. Oh. That if you're a movie buff, it's really good. I, I love Disney Plus. They got all the classics on there. 
right. Sister Act. Everyone, yeah. You know, that's I the only looked, one I'm going to name because that's the best. <laughs> I looked for Polar Express on all the streaming services and I couldn't find it anywhere. So I hope yeah. listeners aren't mad that we're covering a movie that's frankly not really available. Yeah. This is also like a cautionary tale. This is, this is going to come with a warning. Do not watch this film that we are roasting today. <laughs> but I know I think because that's one thing I love about this podcast and about you like talking about the rewatchables. You know, we have families have those rewatchables every year you know, that you can go back to and you're like, this is the touchstone for our family. There's no sex scenes in it. So you can watch it with dad and grandpa, you know, it's not weird. Um, but Polar Express is not one for children. No, I don't, I don't think so either. And look, I do want to say that. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I know a lot of people, this is one of their tradition movies. Like, I get it. And... I have plenty of terrible movies that I watch every year, like Christmas with the Cranks, which we covered last mm. season on the podcast. Or I love this one. I love this Christmas movie called Love the Coopers, I think it's called, or Christmas with the Coopers. I always get it mixed up. But it's bad, but I watch it every year. And Who's so, in that? I feel like I've seen it's, that. It's like Diane Keaton and John Goodman. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's good. It's bad, but it's one that I like. So, you know, if you're out there listening and you're saying, well, Danny and Jenna, I listen, I watch Polar Express every year. I get it, but it's not mm-hmm. good. <laughs> yeah. And it's okay. We Terrible all have our guilty film. pleasures. I watch Batman Begins a lot of years on Christmas Eve just because I like it. Jenna, I don't know if I've not ever told you this before. I was mm-hmm. so close to getting a Batman tattoo when I was in college. <laughs> <laughs> literally That's amazing. Where? At the, at, I was going to get one. I, I was literally at the tattoo parlor. I was going to get one on the back of my oh. calf. I was convinced that oh. that was like, and I was going to get the new bat signal, mm-hmm. like the Batman Begins bat signal, which is a little bit more angular because I was like mm-hmm. obsessed with Batman. And I went with my mm-hmm. brother and I remember a lot of people were telling me like, you don't want to do that. And I was like, no, like I want, I need it. Like I need the bat signal on me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I wanted it initially on my wrist, which I have a tattoo. I wanted it like right there. Um, mm-hmm. But my brother convinced me to do it on the back of my calf. And I never, <laughs> I never did it, but I've never been so close to getting a tattoo as I was then. I have a couple tattoos, but this one I was like, I yeah. almost went for it. Did it get so far like where they trace it onto your calf or were you just in the place? No, I was in the tattoo parlor and... Ultimately, we let I, I, my brother. I was trying to convince my brother Brian. I have two brothers. Mm-hmm. I was trying to convince Brian to get it with me, and he, mm-hmm. of course, realized like, no, 
<laughs> no. I don't want a movie logo on me. Um, yeah. But so we ended up leaving. But I, I even for years after that, I was like, I'm going to go get it. I'm going to get it. And yeah. I, I thank God that I didn't. My um, One of my good girlfriends, her ex, now ex-husband, has the bat symbol as a tramp stamp. And so I'll send you the picture. It's Please. amazing. It's like it tucks like if he has like basketball shorts on, you can see the top of it coming out above his crack. I'm like, this is amazing. What would yeah. you ever get it in I the future? Like, do you feel like you would maybe get a small one? On I don't the, know. Like, on I, your love, ankle? I love Batman, but I didn't love like the recent Batmans. Mm-hmm. I think I, I just went through this. I always love Batman. Uh, but mm-hmm. the newer ones, like the Zack Snyder Batman universe, I just have not liked at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's okay, but um, so maybe. Do you have a it, favorite? I love Batman Returns, which is the Michelle Pfeiffer one. That to me is just like, it's so weird. And talking about Tim Burton, it's it's also a Christmas mm-hmm. movie, Batman Returns. But I think Michelle oh. Pfeiffer's performance in that should have won an Oscar. I think it's brilliant, amazing, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also love Dark Knight with Heath Ledger. And I'm endlessly yes. fascinated by the fact that Katie Holmes was in the first Batman <laughs> Begins, and then she decided not to do The Dark Knight, which is one of the biggest films of all time, because she wanted to do Mad Money with Queen Latifah and Diane Keaton. <laughs> oh my gosh! Talk about all time like worst career moves, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, but also in a way, the more I've thought about it, the more I'm like, you know what? Yeah, she got to spend three months with Queen Latifah and Diane Keaton. That sounds better than spending a three months with Christian Bale. Yeah, that's true. A lot more fun on set with Keaton. Um, wait, so back to the Polar Express. Was there anyone else oh, yeah. in the movie? Was it just was it just Tom Hanks? Yeah, I think it was just Tom Hanks. It was no one that you would recognize. Of course, I went on IMDb and looked. But it, it was no one that... Um, sorry if you're listening and you voiced one of the characters. Um, but it was, uh, I think, just some voice actors. Yeah, you know, I, I also remember That's being it. creeped out by the pajamas they wear. Oh yes, it's like very boy in the striped pajamas. Right. Yeah, very like that's yeah, all those like weird undertones. You know, like where do you stand kids on, in a drafty train? Where do you stand on pajama sets? Oh, confident, very confident, especially right. around Christmas. I own two myself, and I I wear them. What about you? Um, yeah, I've gotten into them actually like last season or maybe one or two years ago. I, I really was into pajama sets and I bought like a bunch of them. I don't remember mm-hmm. the company I got them from, but I, yeah, I just got into the idea of having, I like like the button up long sleeve yes. top with the matching pants. Mm-hmm. I went to Target and I went crazy. They have so many at Target. I'm looking up um, my notes to see if there's anything else we need to talk about regarding the Polar Express. Oh yeah. Perfect. Um, let me just read, uh, regarding the Polar Express. <laughs> I just want to read I the, it. I want to read, uh, you had sent me this link and I just want to read a uh, review uh, yes. from salon.com. <laughs> this is just the last paragraph of, to just wrap up the Polar Express. Before we, I read this, do you have any final thoughts on the Polar Express? No, I, I guess if you want to LOL and are thinking about watching it, just Google bad reviews, Polar Express, because the parents who take the time to write in one-star reviews are so funny about it. Um, people are also, pissed because they took their yeah, kids and their kids were had nightmares for fucking years about the Polar Express because <laughs> exactly. they didn't know. And stopped also, believing. 
I think at some point, stop believing. There's a Josh <laughs> Groban song that's like on the soundtrack too. That it's just like really like, oh, they're really trying to beat that home for us. Of like, this is a family friendly film. Here's Josh Groban <laughs> to try to convince you that this is a good Christmas movie. It's like, don't try to bamboozle me. No. Um, also, I just think we should reframe the narrative around this movie and it should be known as a Halloween classic. Like that's what we need to to make it. Like yeah. this should be a scary movie that we watch every Halloween. And then I would say this is one mm. of the greatest films, uh, holiday films. If this was a Halloween film, I'd say, yeah, this is one of the best. I like that because it's more of a leading up to Christmas. It's not exactly Christmas. Right. You know, right. it this scares be you Halloween into being film. good. Yeah, I agree with you. Okay, so the last paragraph from salon.com. Mm-hmm. I could have probably tolerated the incessant jitteriness of the Polar Express <laughs> if the look of it didn't give me the creeps. <laughs> the, mo- <laughs> the movie is more meticulously detailed than real life is. Even the characters' eyeballs have textures. Their skin moves with the pliability of warm latex and it glows with an alien sheen. If nothing else, the Polar Express wears its dollar signs all over the screen. Uh, with, um <laughs> And if you think I'm being too tough on the Polar Express, you're probably right. So I ask you to look at this rapturous holiday uh, with the eyes of a child. Just please give them back when you're done. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> so, oh, it, and then one of the com- I'm like reading the comments now. I know I said I was going to yeah. wrap this up, but somebody said, um, well, that sucks. This review is bad. I'll still check it out, but I might just have to get really fucked up first. <laughs> Yes, exactly. Yeah. Oh, maybe you're just getting really fucked up and watching the Polar Express. Like that's <laughs> that would probably put you in a really dark place, right? You know, if you were already feeling down. But, oh, but I'm glad He's... we did a roast. It's fun. It's fun to do a, a roast of one because not everything works. And if you had 150 million dollars, you probably shouldn't make this. <laughs> okay, wait. I have to read another quote from the review. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Tots surely won't recognize that Santa's big entrance in front of the throngs of frenzied elves and awestruck children directly evokes, however unconsciously, one of Hitler's Nuremberg rally entrances. (laughs) (laughs) But they're... <laughs> yeah, their, but Tots would not recognize that. But their parents may marvel that when Santa's big, big red sack of toys is hoisted from factory floor to sleigh, it resembles nothing so much as an airborne scrotum. <laughs> this is art. You know what? This review is art. It's so funny. <laughs> oh, man. The training the kids in the pajamas, that also feels very like Third Reich, you know? 100%. Shit shipping children to a cold snowy locale i'm like oh i'd rather watch charlotte's web all around this movie is just insane insane yeah um jenna i love you and i i love you i just have to say we were we were doing these episodes every week now we yeah, were, I love we were it. yeah we weren't gonna do one a week but here we are yeah Um, we're clinging to our sanity yeah so please follow us on instagram at very merry iconic podcast on instagram you can see all of our schedule and our updates and everything over there i'm at danny pellegrino and i'm at jenna.brister and if you like this podcast go rate and review it on itunes if you like it and um if you want to check out my other podcast it's uh everything iconic so check that out all right love you guys for listening bye merry christmas love you bye merry christmas 
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. 